fine. I got some advice for Greg. As a dad of five, stop at one. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue in downtown Milwaukee, this is Wisconsin's Morning News. In for Vince Petrano, here's Eric Bilstad. Listen, listen, listen. Hold on, hold on. I've had enough. I've had enough already tonight of a guy who sounds like ChatGPT standing up here. Chris Christie taking a swing at Vivek Ramaswamy last night in the uh, the first of the presidential debates. This one at Pfizer Forum. All right, I think Milwaukee held up okay last night. I think Milwaukee did well yesterday during the day. Outside of the ridiculous heat, the sweltering temperature. Otherwise, I thought so far, I haven't heard anything poor. The, Are we the, calling this like a dry run for the RNC? Yeah, we think I'd say so. That's safe. Stress test right? a little bit. Mm-hmm. I think things held up as well as they possibly right. could. So who knows if you're going to say that the debate actually went as well as Milwaukee held up, but we'll get into that uh, throughout the morning here on Wisconsin's Morning News. That's Mike Spaulding. I'm Eric Bilstad. Vince off for a couple of days. Vince taking his eldest, his oldest daughter to college. Uh, so that's a big emotional time. So we wish them the best of luck as they head east to take uh, his oldest to college. Um, Brandon Snyde is here. Debbie Lazga. And of course, Greg Pancake Hill is producing the big show, but not for long. So we have news so, Greg, Pancake Hill will be here maybe tomorrow, but then that's it. He'll be gone next week as he uh, starts his his new life as a new dad. So it's because Sunday's the big day, right, if nothing happens before then? Yeah, exactly right. So it's on the schedule. It's on the calendar. Here we go. I want to meet this little dude. Let's go. Yes, absolutely. Well, congratulations in advance. It'll be great. Appreciate you guys. Um, I'm trying I to feel think. like it's going to be a mini-me for him. Yeah. He's going to have a little mini-me running around. A little tiny pancake. <laughs> I don't know how I little feel dollars. about that. Why are you saying it's going to be great? Why would you set him up for failure? <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> no, you got to go in with the right mindset, Brandon. you got to go in knowing that it's going to be rough. But actually, if there's someone who can handle uh, the lack of sleep and the craziness in his life, it seems like that'd be you, Greg. Yeah, I could agree with that. Yeah, I played off pretty well, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> You're right, right? So hopefully your wife uh, can handle it. Good luck to you guys. It's been great uh, seeing you go through this process. Very proud of you in advance. Uh, my only advice would be um, take it in. Like, enjoy the moment. Because like one of the things, actually, for the third one, especially for us, uh, after Angie uh, had uh, Bryn, our youngest... Like, I kept waiting for her to, like, okay, let's text someone, let's tell our family, whatever. And, and Andrew's like, nope, she's like basked in the, the baby glory for like half a day, like okay. several hours. That's super useful because I'm going to like want to tell people, yeah. like, all right, here we go, here we go. So let maybe taking yeah. a breath and being like, let's yeah, just, just enjoy the moment. Yeah. Okay. And let, and let the, uh, you know, because uh, she'll feel like a million bucks when she's done. Oh, I hope so. Um, yeah, I hope so too. But it seems like that happens. Sure. Um, yeah. And just let that kind of be. So all enjoy right. that moment. That's my advice. If you want to share some advice to Greg, please, 855 616 1620 on the old National Bank talking text line. I got some advice for Greg. As a dad of five, stop at one. <laughs> Yikes. No more. Noted. Thank no you. more. Sports is next. Time for an update from the Gruber Law Office's One Call, That's All Sports Desk. Here's Brandon Snide. Bryce Terrain hit a two-out infield single in the 10th inning as the Milwaukee Brewers complete the two-game sweep over those Minnesota Twins by a final of 8-7 to seven on Wednesday afternoon. 
With the win, the Brewers remaining in the lead in the NL Central by three and a half games. Off day today for the Brewer as they welcome in the San Diego Padres for a three-game set that begins on Friday night. And speaking of Friday night, CC Sabathia, the anchor for that 2008 Brewers playoff team, finally makes his return back to Milwaukee. Sabathia on what he remembers most of his time in the Brewer City. Sabathia is scheduled to throw out the first pitch on Harry Potter night at AmFam Field. Over there in Milwaukee, Sabathia, part of that 2008 incredible run for the Milwaukee Brewers. And from baseball to the NFL, where the Green Bay Packers are prepping for their final preseason matchup of this summer already. I can't believe it's already almost over. The Packers will take on the Seahawks at Lambeau Field this weekend. The Packers wrapped up their joint, pra- excuse me, their public practices for the summer on Wednesday. Jordan Love. Uh, going around the fan base, shaking hands, thanking all the fans for coming out to Green Bay. The Packers and Seahawks kickoff is all set for noon, which begins on Saturday. Taking my kid to his first Packers game on Saturday. Any suggestions for me? Go Any? early. Yeah. Go early. Uh, 90 minutes before kickoff, I believe the doors open. Yeah. Um, and then you can go all the way down to like the field level pretty much, and they'll sign autographs. For, no kidding. Oh, yeah. Go out. If you get there, it, you know, it, it, I'm anticipating it'll be – it's a noon game, so it'll probably be pretty packed with kids. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, if you go by the Packers Tunnel where they come out, which I believe, don't quote me, is on the north end zone. Okay. I could be wrong. Um, all the players come, you know, Packers players come in and out of there. They stop and sign autographs really? throughout the course of, yeah. Oh, cool. So I would I would go early. When, when I take my kids, I went last summer. We were at the door 20 minutes before it opened. And we got all the way down there. They got pitchers, autographs. Oh, awesome. They were, the, the player, right. Some of the players were throwing... We'll play catch with them. J.J. Watt will come out and play catch with them? <laughs> it's, it's pretty cool. It's, a, it's an experience. All right, cool. Thank you for that advice. 619. So the big news politically was in Milwaukee last night. Now it moves to Georgia. That story next. He asked me to put him over the Constitution. And uh, I chose the Constitution, and I always will. We're skating on thin ice, and we cannot set a precedent where the party in power uses police force to indict its political opponents. It is wrong. Whether or not you believe that the criminal charges are right or wrong, the conduct is beneath the office of President of the United States. He wasn't there at Pfizer Forum, but lots of people discussing former President Donald Trump. He was one of the topics during the debate Last night, eight candidates on the stage. So today, former President Donald Trump expected to surrender to law enforcement, this time in Fulton County, Georgia. Tomorrow is the deadline that was set by the DA there. So Trump and 17 co-defendants indicted for allegedly attempting to overturn the results of the 2020 presidential election in Georgia. We expect security to be heightened as we get closer to the former president's surrender. We know that federal law enforcement has been on the ground in the days ahead of this to uh, try to scope out the situation. But a local law enforcement has made clear that there will be a hard lockdown in the area. We have already seen security barricades put up. That is CBS congressional correspondent Nicole Killian. What makes this a little bit different than the other indictments 
is that this one is state. So state charges, which means there will be a mugshot. They will go through the standard protocol with them. Sheriff's deputies will be waiting here to record Trump's height and weight, fingerprint him, and take his mugshot. Unlike his other three criminal cases, though, here in Georgia, Trump is not going to have to immediately enter a plea in court. Instead, the DA wants him back here in two weeks for arraignment. If the judge agrees, there would be cameras in court for that. So the day everyone was talking about themselves and other candidates running for president, he will steal the headlines again today. I'm sure this was planned strategy today to to get to Georgia in the surrender today, knowing that that could steal the headlines. Yeah, there's nothing by accident, right? We no. can't assume that anything was done uh, just, just on a whim. Not at all. Uh, so, yeah, so they're, that's going to happen today. A couple of things to point out with this. Um, he already is leading, so that was why he didn't head to the polls, or I'm sorry, he didn't debate last night. His son was in the spin room and told our WDTMJ's Wired Barmar Pooley that he's not going to go to any of the debates, likely, because there's no reason to. In fact, Congresswoman Marjorie Taylor Greene, who's one of his surrogates, one of his supporters, she was in our office yesterday. Uh, she was on uh, 101.7 The Truth, our sister station, and she told Sherwin Hughes that the primary is already over. For Republican voters, this primary is over. Uh, we do we do feel that President Trump is going to win. He has, he has, I mean, it depends on which poll and which state, but it bounces between well over 50% to, to well over 60% support in the primary. So most of these candidates focusing on Iowa have been focusing on this debate because that's all that really matters right now is to gain some type of ground on the front runner. Former Lieutenant Governor Mandela Barnes, Democrat, of course, he agrees with Congresswoman Green. He told 1017 The Truth that, yeah, it's essentially a run for second place. This is like a group of people who are auditioning for the role of understudy. This is like in the event of there is no Donald Trump as the nominee, right? That's what people are actually uh, campaigning for. And they will continue to campaign starting today. Put your feet up and enjoy that off day, Matt Arnold. Brandon Snyder's got that and extra points coming up at 645. All right, so do you use dog speak when speaking to your pooch? Like puppy talk? Yeah, maybe. Or baby baby talk, kind of like babbling? No. Debbie, do you? (laughs) Absolutely. Right? (laughs) Well, they do listen more to those exaggerated tones. According to a new study out of the University of Hungary, dogs' brains respond to that baby talk. I'm shocked that you don't talk to the dog that way. Not really. She's an adult. (laughs) She's six. She's an adult. (laughs) So here's what's even more interesting. Their brains respond more when that person speaking to them is a woman. As to why, the study says they're not sure. But it may be because women tend to use that type of tone more than men. So if uh, we use the small sample size of you and Debbie, <laughs> Debbie does it more. That's why they listen to her more. Probably. Also, who's holding the treats? Oh. Yeah. The- I'm still I'm still Hamilton's mama. I'm still his right, person. Of course. So my husband, he loves my husband, but I'm still his person. Absolutely. Oh, same with my my dog. Adores Angie. <laughs> Much more rather be near Angie than me. It's no more evident than when there's like a storm or fireworks or something that she hates, and she just abandons me completely. Like right. she's like, nah, this guy's not going to take He's care of me. He's going to go find yeah. Jasmine. Yeah. Uh, so this apparently is the first of its kind to offer proof that dogs are actually sensitive to the manner in which people speak to them, which I think we probably knew that already. But yeah, nice. It's the same thing with babies, or no? Are you not supposed to use babble when you talk to you, a baby? You know what's so funny about that is that I didn't realize I was talking to that until my oldest was like a year and a half old. 
And someone showed me a video of me talking to the baby, and I'm like, baby, baby, baby. And I'm like, what am I doing? <laughs> I had no idea. And after that, I'm like, I'm done. Not speaking like that ever so again. So I see you turning around and going to a one-year-old going, yes, I'm going to need to get that report on my desk. <laughs> yeah, right. That's what we're going to do when Greg brings baby Hill here. Which, yeah. Hello, sir. Hello, baby Hello, pancake. Hello, sir. Shaking his hand. <laughs> it is good to meet you. You are in Milwaukee. <laughs> Your dad is okay. Good to see you here. How's 6, things? It's that time, Everyday Hero. It's always presented by Azura Memory Care and Assisted Living, transforming the culture of care, Azura Memory Care. This is when we celebrate the average John or Jane Doe who had no idea that when they got up that morning, they would save a life. That's right. You heard it there. Imagine hearing that sound when you're walking through the woods. Yes, a jaguar. And imagine being an uncle. You're taking a stroll on a camping trip, this time in Brazil, and you come upon your two teenage nephews who are being attacked by a jaguar. Yes, it happened to Erivaldo Mormon. He had to fight off a jaguar. He was taking a walk on the banks of the Jureno River in central Brazil. When he came back to where his family was camping, he was horrified to find this jaguar just attacking his nephews. They're 15 and 18. Powered by sheer adrenaline, The Guardian says Mormon bravely shouted and waved his arms at the fierce predator in an effort to distract it and save the lives of the youngsters. So he did distract it. The problem is the Jaguar then came after him, jumped on him, grabbed him, fighting him. Uh, Mormon had to grab the Jaguar's leg before it bit his head, just gnawed on him. He was able to push it off. He said the one mistake he made was pushing it off and then trying to run (laughs) because then it just tackled him and brought him back. Uh, He did fight it off, though. He said he foolishly tried to run. As I tried to run, she attacked me again. She just didn't scratch. She actually bit me on the head. So despite being terrified, Mormon, powered by adrenaline, fought back. He said he punched, he grabbed, he pulled, he bit. He did everything to fight off this jungle cat. And incredibly, he was able to get away. The jaguar ended up leaving He was injured badly, needed 150 stitches. Here's the thing, though. This happened in the middle of the jungle in central Brazil. He had to actually travel three hours to get to the hospital. So it wasn't like he laid there and someone helped him. He actually had to find help himself. So that is our everyday hero today. Rivaldo Mormon saving his nephews from a jaguar who attacked them and then attacked him. He fought it off with his bare hands. That's a story that you can tell. And uh, I'd say you're good not having to get gifts for Christmas anymore for your nephews. I think you, you helped them. If anything, they should get you a couple of gifts. Everyday Hero presented by Azura Memory Care and Assisted Living. Transforming the culture of care. Azura Memory Care and Assisted Living. Time for an update from the Gruber Law Office's One Call, That's All Sports Desk. Here's Brandon Snide. Bryce Terrain hit an infield single in the bottom of the 10th inning to score Willie Adamas as the Milwaukee Brewers completed the two-game sweep of the Minnesota Twins on Wednesday afternoon with the victory. The Brewers still leading the NL Central by three and a half games. Milwaukee will begin a three-game set with San Diego beginning on Friday night. The Packers wrapped up their open sessions on Wednesday afternoon up in Green Bay. Green Bay will play host to Seattle on Saturday afternoon to wrap up their final preseason game of the summer. And lastly, back over to baseball where the Los Angeles Angels are shutting down AL MVP frontrunner 
Shohei Otani on the mound this season after an MRI discovered a UCL tear in his right elbow. It's time for Extra Points, a sports opinion commentary on Wisconsin's Morning News. Here's Brendan Snide. The Milwaukee Brewers have been a team of many ups and many downs this season. In other words, it's a typical season for most baseball organizations. However, this one for Milwaukee has felt a bit different. Let's be honest. Expectations in March and April, at least for most fans, probably didn't leave them expecting a race for the NL Central crown as a realistic outlook. Fast forward to where we are today, and thanks to the work of Senior VP and General Manager Matt Arnold, the Brewers are precisely in that position most fans, including myself, didn't think they would be in. For Arnold, it began all the way back in December. After being on the job for less than two months, Arnold made a splash, sending away Esther Ruiz for William Contreras, who, in large part, has been one of the best catchers in all of baseball this season. At the trade deadline this year, even without making the splash most fans always crave, Arnold was able to address areas of need, adding a veteran, defensive-minded first baseman in Carlos Santana, and adding another right-handed bat in Mark Canna. During the Brewers' most recent road trip, both Canna and Santana played significant roles in walking away with six wins over nine games. For Arnold, it has been a nonstop commitment to creating a great defensive team while focusing on adding great pitcher depth and not being afraid of calling up guys like Joey Weimer, Bryce Terrain, Sal Freelich, and Abner Uribe. All of those guys playing big-time roles for a first-place team seeking a division title. It's easy to pound the fist on the table when a GM does a lousy job we've done here in Milwaukee, but when they do the opposite, and in this case, what Matt Arnold has done for Milwaukee, it needs to be recognized. Wisconsin's Morning News with Vince Vetrano. Vince is back next week. Jen Letta from ESPN Milwaukee joins us on Wisconsin's Morning News. All right, so you just posed an interesting question. You were talking about producer Ashton. Ashton who uh, got a ball thrown to him while he was at a baseball game recently, and what he did was said ball. So Ashley was at Guaranteed Rate Field yesterday with his girlfriend. If you listen to Jen, Gabe, and Chewy at all, you know mm-hmm. that we've been talking about how Ashley has this girlfriend. Yeah, a new girl, a yeah. Very serious He's relationship. Smitten. So they went to the ball game yesterday, Ashton, a lifelong White Sox fan. They're going through like a tumultuous time, sure. just fired their GM, just fired their um, president, I think is what Kenny Williams was. And um, he caught a ball. He caught a ball in the stands. Now, admittedly, it was just a guy throwing the ball off, you know, into the stands. Okay. It wasn't like it he went off the bat or anything. Right. But he had never caught a ball before at a baseball game, let alone his favorite team, sure. let alone with his girlfriend, right? There's all these things. But he instinctively caught the ball and handed it to a nearby child. And my issue with that, and I don't have an issue with handing it to the child, is that he did it robotically. He didn't think about it at all. He didn't think of like the significance of the ball or what it might represent or that it was a nice memento yeah. from this outing that he had yesterday. He just has been programmed by society <laughs> to hand the ball to the child. Right. And that's where I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Because he said afterward, he thought for a moment, like, God, I kind of wish I had that ball. Oh, yeah, a little regret. Yeah. Huh? Interesting. So I, I fully admit that maybe it's society talking. I fully admit I'm in on, yeah, you give that ball to a kid. They enjoy it more than you would, right? I, maybe. I don't know. Ashley might enjoy that ball a lot. <laughs> well, you know, and, if, and again, who knows what this relationship would be if they go on to get married and have, you know, it's a nice right. little, it's a nice little story from a date that they had. And so there was just a part of me that was like, I get it. 
I am all, I'm the lemonade stopper, right? Yeah, There's a lemonade sure. stand. I'm stopping. Mm-hmm. Like, I will do all of the things. You feel obligated, right? Society obligates you to do that. Um, yeah. Well, I just do it to be nice, to be honest with you, because nobody knows that. The problem with the baseball game, of course, is that the cameras are on you. Oh, yeah. And, people, and then it'll show up on social media and whatnot. So, like, shouldn't he have allowed himself that moment of, like, Maybe I'll want this ball. What do you guys think? Well, I appreciate what you're saying. At the same time, he just gave that kid a story for life. That kid will always remember getting a ball from when he went to the Sox game. Mm. Always. He might not remember Ashy, but he'll remember someone gave him a ball. He looks like a hero in front of his girlfriend. He thinks of others yes, first. Yes. Oh, see, maybe I would have kept it then. I'm not a collector, though. I don't, I don't like, collect momento, mementos. It ended up in a box so, in his yeah, basement. Yeah, the dog chews it up or yeah. something like that in a year. Yeah. Hmm. I think we should have, like, free will to be able to choose, though, for a minute. Do we? Do I want this instead of this kid who didn't catch it? Right, but my question <laughs> to you is, like, everybody makes such a snap yeah. judgment about things that even if he had a really, really good mm. explanation for why he kept the ball... If, in fact, it had been captured by video, even if it had been pushed out on social media, people are just reacting to, you know, Ashy, who's this big dude, right? And again, lifelong baseball fan, lifelong White Sox fan. I just thought that there were a lot of things there that deserved a pause as opposed to kind of the programmed response to a situation. Well, so because of your advice, then I'm going to contemplate the next time and I'm going to blow right past that lemonade stand and think <laughs> twice before I give them my quarter <laughs> for that lemonade in the neighborhood. Hey, I got to ask you. So Greg Pancake Hill, as you know, his wife is uh, pregnant. We do now have a due date and an actual date of birth, right? It's scheduled, Greg. It's going to yep, be on Sunday. The books, on the calendar. So it's on the calendar for Sunday. They'll induce if... It doesn't come before then. Any advice you give Greg as he enters fatherhood? Oh, God. How much time do you have? Good grief. (laughs) Okay. Uh, First of all, it goes by so fast. Like, I know everyone tells you that, and it probably sounds super cliche and, like, robotic at this point. But my son is entering high school, right? And I remember, like, not that you'll forget any of these things, but him being born the day of the national championship. I know everybody's watching Swamp Kings right now, but my son was actually born the day of the national championship, Florida versus Oklahoma that year that they ended up winning the whole thing. Uh, Feels like yesterday. It feels like. And so they say um, the days are long, but the years are short. Just keep that resounding anthem in your head because it's the best way to manage the chaos of every day, knowing that you're going to blink and they're going to be going off to college. That's so, huge. Yeah, that's I really appreciate that. Thank you, So that's fantastic. What about, so hours after Steph has given birth, what should he do or not do around his new wife, mother? He should do all of the things. All of the things? She should, he should do all of the things. Yeah. Uh, th- theoretically, she'll be doing all of the feeding, so you should be doing all of the other things. And I do have one piece of advice that popped into my head. Okay. No snaps. Not like this. Not like when you're at like a... A Broadway show. Okay. No, no West Side snaps Story. in the Got onesies. It. Anybody who's a parent knows no snaps, all zippers. Yep. Sure. Because if at 3 a.m. and you're changing a diaper, the last thing you ought to be doing is fumbling with the snaps. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to like line up one with one, two oh, with two, fantastic. three with three. Okay. Zippers only. There you go. That's See, I just my never lined them up. I just, as soon as they were attached, I just let that one go. Jen Latta, you got your show here in a couple of minutes from ESPN Milwaukee. Thank you so much. Thanks, guys. 657 Wisconsin's Morning News and Business Headlines, sponsored by Old National Bank. 
get old. Here is the Milwaukee Business Journal's Sean Ryan. Kohl's says rising costs of products and in-store theft contributed to a drop in the company's second quarter gross margin. Called shrink in industry lingo, Kohl's is countering the theft issue by tying down higher cost products and putting more attendance in fitting rooms. Owners of the Twisted Plants restaurant could set up a new concept by late September in the Sherman Phoenix property in Milwaukee. Set to start Friday, Mexican Fiesta is bringing more than 400 artists this year and hopes to top its past attendance record of 110,000 people. This is Sean Ryan with MilwaukeeBusinessJournal.com on News Radio WTMJ.